Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man Staten. This podcast is dedicated to blue-collar, hard-working public land elk hunters. We preach hard work, delayed gratification, discipline, and staying accountable to yourself. We value faith, family, fitness, fiscal discipline, and of course, public land elk hunting. So come along as we try to educate, motivate, and inspire you to become the best possible version of yourself. Our podcast is brought to you by Wilderness Athlete, performance you deserve. Fuel your body with the best. Use our discount code ELKSHAPE30 and save 30% off your first purchase. We are also brought to you by NUMA Outdoors. Geared for the outdoors, made with bow hunters in mind, built to over-deliver, and most importantly, designed to outperform. Check out numaoutdoors.com and be sure to use the discount code ELKSHAPE20 to save 20% off your purchase. Matthews Archery elevating the archery experience take a test drive with the matthews v331 or 27 at a local dealer near you vortex optics i've been partnered with vortex since 2010 this company is awesome they're american owned veteran owned they're based in wisconsin their entire team of designers and engineers produce and distribute a complete line of premium sport optics accessories and apparel most of the apparel that i wear while training scouting and hanging out around the house is Vortex Wear. Go ahead and check it out, and if you want to save 20%, enter the discount code ELKSHAPE at checkout, and you'll save 20%. New from Vortex in 2021 is their tripods. The one I've been using in the backcountry is their Summit Carbon Tube, and their Radian Carbon, and it also has a ball leveling head, and it's perfect for rock solid shooting. There is a tripod to fit everyone's needs from Vortex now, and it's still covered with their lifetime no-fault transferable VIP warranty. Check it out at VortexOptics.com. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast. Dan, the fitness man, how are you? Glad to hear it. Let's get to it. So sitting down with Dana Monroe. She is the marketing director for Kufaru, but more importantly to me, she's a really badass chica. She's a bow huntress. She's into fitness, self-proclaimed gym rat, and just super down-to-earth and wholesome. I just really like her, so I think you guys will enjoy just sitting down and chit-chatting with her and, and getting to know her story, and uh, she's got a great story, man. She's, uh, she's killed an Axis buck with a bow, and I haven't, so I'll, we bring that up. We also talk about her opinion on which packs are their best 
for Elkanine. Uh, we kind of get a little bit into her philosophy on nutrition and fitness as well as preparing for elk season. There's just a few weeks out. I hope separation in the preparation is something that you're subscribing to and that you are implementing daily. Just break a sweat every day, get a little bit of e-scouting in, pick up a little bit of gear, start messing with your gear, testing your gear, and get out there scouting. So without further ado, this is Miss Dana Monroe Kufaru, and you're listening to the Elk Shea Podcast. So are you in Colorado right now, or where are you? Yes, I am actually in Colorado right now. How long have you been in Colorado? Like, I'm talking this week. <laughs> uh, two days, day and a half. Did you get your laundry done, grocery shop, work out at the gym? Uh, I got my laundry done, done a couple workouts, but I still haven't been to the grocery store. Ah, okay. Cool. <laughs> so for everyone listening, we just hit record. We didn't do pre-roll. We're not, we don't have time for that. This is Dana Monroe. This is who I work with at Kufaru. Uh, I try not to be needy. I might come across needy sometimes, but she's my go-to. And uh, obviously, I've known Aaron Snyder for several years, and then um, he introduced us. And I've gotten to hang out with you, work out with you a couple times. You've helped me out with Elk Shape Camps twice now. And I just don't know a lot of badass chicks that bow hunt and like to do CrossFit. And so <laughs> you're just you're super cool chick. I was like, let's record if you don't mind. So here you are. What did I miss on that intro? Um... Not a whole lot, you know. My life is pretty much work and the gym at this point. You know, I try not to talk about CrossFit on this podcast because I know it turns people off. And I mean, a little bit. It turns them off a little bit. And yeah, I honestly don't even know if I do CrossFit. I do functional fitness. But right. uh, with that loose definition, how long have you been doing functional fitness? And like, how did you get introduced? Because we did a workout together with, oh, Oh, it was Charlie. Charlie Pappas was my partner. And who was your partner? Brayden. Brayden. Yeah, I think I think I know him. <laughs> yeah, and, he says hi. <laughs> oh, good, good. And so try, you guys tried to kill me at elevation. Oh my gosh, you guys tried to kill me. No, um, I tried to kill me because I think we picked the workouts. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. <laughs> your workout is about 30 minutes longer than I would ever want to. Um, but anyways, yeah. Like, how'd you get introduced? Like, give me the story of when you sip the Kool-Aid or whatever. <laughs> so I, I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. Um, honestly, I just been out in the mountains with Brayden quite a bit and he's been doing CrossFit for who knows how long. And I was like, you know what? This guy is fit and he, he can just, he does everything very well. You know, he's a very well-rounded individual. And of course I couldn't keep up with him. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start. I'm just going to start. And it took me a long time to actually walk in the gym. But once I did, I, I finished my hunting season and I went and found a gym and I found anchor and went in and kind of have been addicted ever since. It's, it's just amazing. That makes sense. I guess we got to talk about Braden. Then I didn't want to talk about Braden, uh, but I met Braden in like 2010. I started to train to hunt with a buddy and uh somehow I ended up going down to the Denver to do like a private train to hunt course training session with Willie Schmidt of Pure Hunting at the time he lived in Denver and then one of my really good friends Santino and Braden was at that event and I believe that's where sparks flew and we became had the bromance started and I just like we clicked. So he was doing, I feel like he was doing CrossFit when I was in 2010. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. So he's an OG. And um, why we're talking about him, he sent me a text the other day that I'm going to call him out on. He's like, I'm actually got to pull it up so I'm accurate. But I couldn't believe that he texted me that. And it's not like, it's not shocking, but I, I mean, he goes, yo, brother, spelled with an A, not ER. Random question. Any thoughts on body fat percentage going into hunting season, dialing in the details, dot, dot, dot. So I was out of town, got the text days later, and I said, um, not really ever on my radar for you. Probably should try not 
to be so shredded prior to season, bro. Um, what what is he talking about? What he's six percent body fat, and uh, I don't know. Is he concerned about getting leaner? Is that a thing? No. Okay. No, he's he's trying to gain weight actually right now because he's so skinny and he's so lean because he's just been he's been running like crazy. He's been working out in addition to the running. And so he's he's extremely lean right now. And he's got a sheep hunt in August. OK, shut the front door. Did he draw a tag in Colorado? Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. How do I not know this? OK, wow. I have I feel like no a, idea. I feel like a loser. Um, well. He needs to quit running and start eating. That's what I would say. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So he, I think he, he probably messaged you. I know he messaged uh, Matt Chan and he gave him some advice as far as like, he just needs to eat more calories. And I'm like, duh, I've been telling you for like months, you just need to eat more and you need to eat more throughout the day. Cause I'll, I'll go in into the shop some nights and he's like, oh yeah, I haven't eaten all day. And I'm like, okay. You, you can't do that. Like you need to eat. That's, it's not good for you. So he finally listened to somebody and he's trying to put on a little bit of weight before he goes into hunting season, because by the end of hunting season, he's like skin and bones. Yeah. I get, I'm the same way I get, I'm already lean. I get really, really lean. If anyone wants to do like any photo shoots magazine wise for like muscle and fitness, the time for me would be <laughs> about two weeks after elk season. Uh, yep. And then postpone that shit for another year. Um, yep. So Brain was doing intermittent fasting for a while, uh, at least at least last time I saw him in Colorado this couple months ago, uh, which I do dig quite a bit, like the whole like kind of structured feeding times, and it kind of prevents eating out of boredom or sweet tooth attacks. Um, but he's already a lean guy. Uh, between you two, since you got people don't know these two are an item. Uh, who's the better cook? Oh, well, I mean, I'm the better cook. I'm definitely the better baker. I love baking. But talk to me. He... Talk to me. I like baking. <laughs> he he makes me like he he is a very good cook. I will say that. But he's definitely like the meat guy. I'm usually the sides and he cooks the meat. Yeah, I feel that. That's good. Uh, well, hopefully sheep's going to be on your guys's menu after the season. Um, are you going to be able to go yes. with him at all? And by the way, is that even a good idea for, for couples to hunt together? <laughs> I'm very curious because my wife and I have tried it and it's, we've had good and bad experiences. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Same with us. Um, we're still, I don't know. It, it's difficult. It, it's, it's very, very difficult to hunt with your partner and it, it takes some learning. You know, we, we have not quite figured it out. Um, Hawaii was really good for us, but <laughs> we still have some learning to do. And with work, I'm not sure I'll be able to get to go with him at all, but I'm hoping I'll at least to get a go or get to go on like a scouting trip or, or something. Hopefully I can be there when he kills it. Well, let's get the Kafaru stuff out of the way. And then we'll pick back up at Hawaii because you've killed an Axis deer with a bow and I have not. Yes. And for that reason, I hate you. So, <laughs> your title at Kufaru, in my opinion, is all the hats, all the hats. And um, I've been to Kufaru's HQ. I've attended behind the scenes. We filmed some cool stuff like Monday morning meetings. Yeah. Uh, Aaron does actually work. I've seen that. <laughs> um, Frank does a lot of heavy lifting. And then your office, which, by the way, I still couldn't find your office if I had to right now. It was so, it was an, I don't know, it was so hard to find. But you are way back there in the corner do so much for the company. So let's talk about your your rise to the marketing manager. I think, I think that's your official. Yeah. Uh, like how you got there. And really, that's a hard job. So yes. tell us like. You know, yeah, you work for Kafaru. It sounds really good on paper, but I mean, you you put a lot of hours in, girl. I do. I do. Yeah, I work. I mean, the past three months have been pretty much nonstop work. And, you know, everybody sees the fun stuff and all, all of that, but they they kind of forget that I it is work and it's like it's my job. And I, you know, wake up at 
5 a.m., go to an event all day, don't get off until probably 7.30 or 8 and go eat some dinner, go shower, get, get some sleep and do it all the next day for, you know, three, four days in a row. But kind of how I got started was um, I actually lived in Salt Lake and I met Frank and Aaron at a trade show and they convinced me to move out to Denver and work for them. And I started as like the customer service manager and I helped with social media and it was, you know, it was such a small company that I did a lot of the marketing stuff. In addition to the customer service stuff, um, me, Aaron and Frank kind of all handled all, all the marketing stuff. And I mean, we still kind of do, it's, it's mostly just the three of us with the addition of David and, um, just kind of grew more and more and were able to add people into the other customer service roles. And then I was able to step away from that and just handle marketing full time. So now I'm, I just do social media, all the marketing stuff, pro staff. Um, I do all the event coordinating. I work all the events. So that's, that's kind of my life the last four years in a nutshell. Frank and Aaron, they're they're quite the duo. Uh, I've known Aaron for quite a while. Just kind of got to know Frank the last couple of years. Frank's another guy that, you know, does CrossFit. Sorry, I'm going to bring it up again. Like, straight up, guys. Like, the dude's a, one of the best solo backcountry mule deer hunters as far as just withstanding the rigors of high altitude, everything on your back, and then the mental toughness to stay out there day in and day out, grind it out without talking to a, a soul. Uh, and, you know, he said something when we did a podcast, you know, a couple months ago. It's just like you're not born mentally tough. It's something that you have to work on. Uh, but I really believe that. Have you and Frank ever got to throw down and do CrossFit together? <laughs> no. No, we haven't. I wish we could, though. It would be fun. Would you, would you mop the floor with his ass? I don't know. Um, I think it would depend on the workout. I think he's... I think he's pretty good, but I think there's probably some workouts I could get him in. Yeah, that's cool. And that's kind of how it goes with CrossFit uh, or any functional fitness. I mean, anything gymnastics or a long Metcon, sign me up. Anything short and heavy and powerful, uh, it's got my number, which is probably why I mostly do those kind of workouts. What's your glaring weaknesses when it comes to, like, if I had to write up a workout that you were just like, oh, I hate everything about that. It's got, you know, what does that look like for you? gymnastics gymnastics and burpees <laughs> just anything body weight yeah and, and i eh, yeah yeah pretty much i'm getting a lot better but still those are not my favorite you're a pretty good rower yes like for real better than me i i was looking over at the corner of my eye and charlie was letting me know that i was getting beat so that's cool thanks charlie i was gonna ask you about like people want to know this kind of stuff all the time like Kufaru, like, oh, you're the marketing manager. Well, hey, I got this thing. Uh, can I send you a media kit? Or, hey, can you sponsor this event or that event? And initially, friends, her job's cool. But after the 700th same email, <laughs> it probably gets old. So, like, let's go through that real quick because people sometimes want to know how to get into the hunting industry. And, and I don't have an answer for them. I, I tell them to get a stay out of the hunting industry, get a really good paying job with a lot of time off and just hunt. Yes. Just don't want to take my advice. How do you stand out amongst a sea of emails that are basically the same thing? Well, um, honestly, it, it's not necessarily standing out as far as like contacting me. Um, the way people really stand out is, um, you know, getting out there and, and first of all, using our products, because I have so many people email me that, you know, that want to work with us that have never even used a Kafaru product. And that oh, is like, you I mean, that's, step. <laughs> yeah, that's like right off the bat. I'm like, okay. And this is literally what I tell every single person that reaches out to me. Um, and you know, it, it's the same email. It's, you know, we like here at Kafaru, we like to build relationships with existing customers and, you know, we go from there. We, we see what you're doing on social media, um, your reach, uh, you know, what, what you're doing, your training, just, 
you know, giving us a lot of love and, and living the lifestyle that we, you know, Kafaru is more of a, we're not just a, a we're not the people who are going to pay everybody to wear our packs or send everybody our packs. It's like, we, we do not pay people to wear our packs. We, people believe in it. And, and that's, those are the type of people we like to work with. You know, we see people who are using our gear and, and putting it through the ringer and we build relationships with them and, you know, maybe we'll give them a pack or, or something like that. And, you know, the, some of the larger uh, people we will work with on a monetary level, but that's, that's very rare because we have so many people using our gear and just, just promoting us. And that's the biggest thing you can do instead of emailing me, asking me if I'll send you free stuff. Oh yeah. Free stuff. Guess what? Nothing's free. Everything has a price folks. Exactly. Trust me. Uh, so when it comes to Kufaru, I kind of, I think I know the answer, but um, you have access to all the stuff. Yes. What are you going to wear? Like, take me through your setup for this September. And I don't know what you're hunting. I just know you're going to be hunting. I'm hoping elk. This is Elk Shape Podcast. But um, what's going to be on your back? And, and kind of how are you going to customize it to suit your fancy? Um. So, so I've got a deer tag here in Colorado. And then I'll probably do over-the-counter elk. And um, the deer tag, I'm probably – it's – it's pretty close to home. And so I'll probably just go out and do day trips. I probably won't do much overnight. So I'll probably just run the 22 mag with my day gear. Um, and then, you know, if I get an animal down, it's, it, there's plenty of room inside that bag where I'll just pack it out in the bag. And then for elk, I'll probably use the 44 mag. I, I really am really loving that bag. I, I wasn't a big fan of it in the beginning just because there's so much molly and so many pockets and it's, it's kind of heavy because you have all that, uh, all those features, but then I used it out in the field and I just fell in love because I'm kind of an organization freak and that just made me able to organize everything so nicely and I just, I really, really like that pack. I think I'm getting that pack. I gotta, I think I gotta check my emails with you, but I think that's the one I wanted. Well, I know it's the one I want. I'm not sure. I'm kind of a low priority when we're talking about this time of year and fulfillment. But I ran the hoodlum last year. And so for me, the hoodlum's awesome because I can compress it and, and then make it as big as I need. I think it's 6,500 cubic inches. But 44 mag's just not quite as big. And I typically more, more or less day hunt now versus I certainly don't bivy hunt. I certainly don't waste that energy. Not That's nonsense to me. Um for my style of elk hunting, it's very I'm very non-committal into an area. I like to get in, and get out. But uh, the 44 mag is awesome. And then I mean, I have a long history of switching backpack companies, not on purpose, but just like I've been hunting forever. So I mean, I started out a Badlands backpack, like a lot of people do, and then I kind of graduated to the. I went to an Eberly stock, and these are like just buying them. People don't think I'm sponsored or anything like that. And then. Um, then I bought a mystery ranch and I felt like, I felt like I was just kind of tearing up along the way. And then when I got to the mystery ranch, um, and I don't know anything about their packs nowadays, so things could have changed. Um, I know Dana, the design, Dana designs, uh, makes good stuff, but he, it was just heavy, man. It was just the base pack was heavy. I had a, oh my gosh, a Metcalf. I had a Metcalf. Mm -hmm. And then I graduated to an XO and I ran that, but it was like, it, it was very basic and simplistic, but I actually needed some ways for sophistication, modification, customization, modular, modularity. And, and then Aaron just basically talked to me into at least just trying Kufaru. Um, and so I did. And your packs are like your actual packs are really good. But your frame is like the cornerstone and when I think of Kufaru, I think of the frames. Yeah. And I know people always ask Aaron the same questions as I see him post on social. Like, well, I'm five foot nine, 180 pounds. What size should I be? And like, he literally has to recite the same. So let's do, let's do it again for right now. 
what is the cutoff from a 24 to a 26 inch frame on a Kufaru ish? And then what are the sizes for belts and shoulders and things like that? So kind of rule of thumb is about 510 with a 32 inch inseam. Um, that's kind of right on the border of where you could go either way with a 24 or a 26 inch frame. If you're taller and, you know, have a relatively close inseam to a 32 inch inseam, you go with the 26. If you're shorter than 510, you go with the 24. Um, that's pretty much always the case with the shorter people. And then if you're, I, what, how I kind of go about the, the shoulder strap, cause we do have two different lengths of shoulder strap. We have a short and a long. If you're about 180 pounds, um, and less you want the short, if you're 180 plus you want the long straps and then the small belts run from about a 30 inch waist to a 34 inch waist. And the medium belts are kind of a bigger 34 to a 38 inch waist. And then a large belt is 39 inch waist plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Folks. <laughs> and so I think when we came down and filmed with you guys, we made a kick ass day in the life of Aaron Snyder video. Um, it's on our YouTube channel, folks. Definitely check it out. It's pretty cool. I don't think anyone's had access to him before like that. Like, we went to his freaking house. Like, yeah. we we watched him get a haircut. Uh, we filmed it, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but we had two more videos that I think are coming out. One, we had a killer conversation in his house about arrows. And we just kind of went over each other's philosophies. And uh, it was really cool to be uh, you know, pretty much on the same page. And then the the other thing we filmed that hasn't seen the light of day yet is we did a complete breakdown of my system at Kufaru on like how I, and basically Aaron and I literally run the exact same uh, setup. So that is to be, that is coming out soon. Producer Tim, if you're listening, get on that edit, bro, because that's in his hopper, not mine. He needs to edit that, and that's gonna be cool to see that. As far as the the Kufaru, like marketing and all that kind of stuff. One thing that that entails is that you guys sponsor Total Archery Challenge, which yes. means somebody has got to go manage the booth at all the said locations. So, Dana, how many tacks have you been to? What's behind the scenes when it comes to getting to those tacks, setting up, moving merchandise, making orders, helping customers, hanging out, getting shaking hands? and getting all that stuff taken down and getting back home. Like give us the good, the bad and the ugly. So I've been to five events uh, so far this year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Five events. Um, I mean, these, these are kind of like a year long planning process, I would say. Uh, they're always kind of in the back of my mind and, you know, we have to plan for them months and months in advance and we have to make sure we have product uh, to sell at them. We've been selling quivers and t-shirts and hats uh, this year. So we have to make sure our production's in line to make sure we have product to sell there. And also we have that we have product to display there. So we take, you know, multiple different options of frames so we can have a different frame size to fit anybody depending on their body size. And then we do like, we'll take orders on the spot there for for people if they want. And we do like a show discount at every single one. So that kind of incentivizes them to buy, uh, on the spot. And then, um, it's a lot of just planning and making sure, uh, that I've got, you know, anything, any scenario that can happen, uh, I've got something that we can remedy like a bad situation or, um, I don't know, just kind of, kind of fix any issues. Um, it's, it's actually really nice. We drove all of our stuff down to the first event, which was in Texas and we drop it off with the people at total archery challenge and they transport it from event to event. So that takes a lot of that uh, stress off of my shoulders, which is so, so, so nice. But you know, that we run into issues there of, um, maybe needing more product and, and we'll have to ship stuff to like, if we're staying in an Airbnb, we have to ship more product to uh, fill in the product that we've sold at the previous shows. And um, maybe like it, we were out of one pack this year, a pretty popular pack. And so I didn't want to take one 
to display it to customers because we were so low on inventory. And I just, this most recent show, I took one out there because it is one of the most popular ones. People like to see it. And then we've been releasing new products and people want to see those new products. And so I, uh, I try to go in the back and, and snag some of that new stuff to display for people. But some of it, like the meat bags are so popular that there are literally none on the Kafaru premises for me to even take. Oh God. So <laughs> yeah, there's some to, things. I was going to ask you, have you got to shoot any courses this year? You've been to five tax. I'm guessing no, but I hope I'm wrong. I, I was able to shoot in Pennsylvania. Um, oh, and I shot in Texas too. I was able to shoot in Texas. What course did you do in Texas? Uh, uh, I think I did the Sitka. Yeah. Okay. I, I got to do TAC in Texas. Got to see you guys. Um, who's your partner in crime that goes to all the shows with you? Jody. <laughs> big I, sexy. Big sexy. So so the reason why I want to bring Jody up is just because I, I got to actually hang out with him. He came to Elk Shape Camp. And I was actually really surprised to see that he would go to the camp. Because he's got like, he might have elk hunted longer than I have. And he's killed a lot of elk. But his attitude was like that of somebody who was as hungry for any little nugget, his attitude, uh, I don't know. I don't want to give him big e ego, man, but that guy's the shit. He's a great guy. Uh, how did you guys get him? Um, honestly, I, I don't really know. Um, so one year, I think it was two, maybe three years ago. I don't know. A couple of years ago, we went out to Western Hunt Expo and Alpha bow hunting had a booth and and kafaru couldn't get a booth all, all the booth booth spaces were filled and so we shared like a 10 by 10 booth with alpha bow hunting and he was there helping alpha and he just i mean he he can talk to anybody and he just he believes in the product wholeheartedly he's used the product for for years and years and it just, he is just phenomenal for the product and, you know, for, for Kafaru, he's, he's just what I want to, to take to shows. And he's, he's one of my very best friends. And so I jumped at the, at the opportunity to, to take him to all the shows with me. And we're going to interrupt this podcast for a quick little message from Black Rifle Coffee Company. These guys make amazing coffee here in the U.S., and they're veteran-known, and they're proudly American and unapologetic. I appreciate that. If you guys are interested in joining their coffee club or picking up maybe some swag, ready-to-drinks, or check out that new Flying Elk Roast flavor, use the discount code ELKSHAPE, and that'll save you 15%. Also, Kafaru International. This is the backpack of choice for elk hunters. I use the Hoodlum or the 44 Mag. You guys need to check out Kufaru International if you are serious about packing out large loads of perfect protein off the mountain. Head over to kufaru.net to learn more. We're also brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the number one hunting GPS app. I've pretty much gone away from using an old school GPS. Obviously I still carry like an inReach, but all my hunting maps are stored and executed with the Onyx. This is the fastest downloading offline maps out there as well as the most resilient bulletproof not going to crash on you when you need it most i run tracking most days while elk hunting and i found onyx to be the most reliable hunting gps app out there check it out today and finally baku e-bikes these are e-bikes made for hunters by hunters this is a game changer for elk hunting as well as bear hunting checking your tree stand trail cams getting in and out quietly. I rock the mule. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE to knock $300 off your purchase. And if you do that, you might as well just go ahead and apply that discount towards a folding cargo trailer so you can put your elk quarters and haul them out back to the truck. And that's a good call. That's why you are doing what you do. Um, all right, well, enough about Kufaru. I want to get to know Dana. Um, because I, I, I want to know more than I do. So I'm going to pry. First off, when did you pick up a bow? Uh, because I've seen you shoot and you're legit AF. So 
when did that journey start? Who taught you proper? Cause you know, what's going on there. Um, I actually taught myself. Um, I picked up a bow. I don't know, maybe five and a half years ago. And just, I just started, you know, I saw it on social media and at first I thought it was stupid and, and I kept seeing it was more exposed to it. And I was like, you know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, it's pretty fun. And so I went to, this was like the first, just as I was starting to get into hunting and I went to the Western hunt expo in Salt Lake and I shot a, like a little kid's bow at the Hoyt booth. And I, I shot an arrow and I just looked at my dad and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And I shot a few more. And like, from that moment on, I was like, okay, I got to get a bow. And I, I mean, at this point I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what to get. I, I was one of those people that I hate now because I literally had no idea where to start. I didn't have anybody there to help me, you know, kind of show me the ropes. And so I just went and I, I went to Cabela's and I bought like a bow from them because it comes with everything and, and just started shooting and started watching YouTube videos and, um, just taught myself how to shoot. And then I found uh, wild arrow archery in Salt Lake at Centerville and in Utah. And I went to a ladies night and started going to that pretty regularly and met some of those ladies and upgraded my bow and got a little bit more serious. And I started going to all these archery events on the weekends, just shooting. And that's pretty much all I did was, was shoot. I was just so addicted. And then, um, bow hunting is kind of what drew me to hunting. Cause I, I didn't really have any interest in like rifle hunting. i I just like shooting my bow a whole lot more and I feel more comfortable with a bow in my hand. And, and so that's just kind of driven me to, you know, to get better and better with my bow because I don't want to go out there with, with any doubts about my, you know, my ability to, to kill an animal ethically, like quickly and ethically. So that, that really pushed me to, to get as good as I could be. And that's kind of the reason why I, you know, I, I keep at it every day. I, I work out so I can be at a level where I can be the best hunter that I can be, you know, in the mountains I do. I, I, I work out in the gym to be the best hunter. Like I'm not there to, to be super lean or to be a bodybuilder or anything like that. I, I do it to be the best hunter and I know it translates once I'm in the mountains. And, and so that's, that's kind of it. That's how I got into it. Tell me about, I mean, this is, first off, that's really cool to hear. I didn't know that you are a rare duck sure, <laughs> in, in a, in a, in the most complimentary way. So when did you kill something with a bow? Take me through it. My first uh, bow kill was actually in Hawaii um, three years ago. It was uh, one of the goats out there. And it was, it was, it was crazy. It was a whole rush of emotions. I, um, I shot the goat and I just, I, I couldn't believe it. It was, you know, it, it's very like a reverent experience for me. I, I appreciate the animal wholeheartedly and it was, it was really cool to have my first uh, bow kill in Hawaii with, you know, with, with my friends and loved ones and all of that. So, and it was paradise. I looked out and I could see the ocean. So it was just a plus. Hawaii is magical. I'm assuming Maui ish, but yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's where I hunted in Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii, but I've only hunted it for six hours and killed two goats a pig and missed an axis doe which leads leads me to my extreme jealousy that you got an axis buck in velvet so how did you kill that thing dude those animals are on another level yes yes they're they're just the most incredible animals to hunt um, like we were out there, I think we we're out there for five days hunting this last year or a couple months ago. And 
the first few days were just, they were rough. We were on super dry ground and they could hear us coming before we could even see them. So we, we had a rough couple days at first. And then the the last day we were there hunting, um, we headed out early to kind of a new area, a little bit greener. Um, we went out and our, our friend killed a really, really nice buck. He was like 35 and a half inch buck. Holy smokes. Which is, yeah, which is really big. And it was like a hard horned, um, almost hard horned. He still had some of the velvet left. So, and he had been chasing a deer like that for, for a really long time. So it was really cool to, to be there with him when he, you know, when he got that animal that he'd been trying for, for so long. And then we, we processed that, took it up to the truck and kind of had a snack regrouped. And, um, earlier that morning, I'd actually had a shot on one and I hit the buck, but I hit him, uh, in the shoulder. He ducked my arrow just at the very last minute is a 51 yard shot. And so that he heard, he must've heard the string and just at that very last second, you know, kind of just that duck and it went straight into the shoulder. And I was, I was pretty bummed. I was, I was, I, I was pretty low. And then, um, we actually went, we saw some peacocks and we thought it would be really funny. Um, you know, of all our friends back home were, were posting pictures with turkeys and they were turkey hunting and all that. We're like, Hey, let's go kill a peacock. That would be a lot of fun to post and, and send to our friends. So we went out stalking a peacock and came across, um, just a a group of deer and we came over this little knob and the deer that I shot was bedded under a tree at like seven yards. And so I just drew back and, and sent one and was able to, to make a good shot. And he, and he died and I was, it was extremely unreal. I, I still remember walking up on him and I was like, oh my gosh. I did that. Like I killed, I killed this deer. I killed this deer. And it was, it was amazing. I cried a little bit. No, I bet you did. Seven yards on an axis. I don't think I've ever heard those things in the same sentence. <laughs> ever. I know. I know. <laughs> Who are you, man? That's cool. And then the axis meet, like I have never had it, but I've only heard that I should have it. So just go ahead and brag. Tell me how good it is. <laughs> It's pretty much the most amazing meat ever. Like in the history of meat, it's it's phenomenal. It's so great. Man, that's cool. And the fact that you and Braden get to share that together, like you both are hard workers, maybe workaholics, and then you guys don't have much time off. And just to get and share that, that's really cool. Um, how'd you meet um, Braden? Uh, so I actually met him at a total archery challenge before I moved out here. And uh I, I don't even really know how we met. We just, our groups kind of merged together and um, he was kind of quiet just over to the side. But I remember, I remember meeting him and then I moved to Colorado like three weeks later and he walked into Kafaru and he, he kind of stops and looks at me. He's like, didn't I just meet you in Utah? And I was like, yeah, I work here now. And, <laughs> and then just kind of, um, you know, it was, it was kind of slow rolling from there. And now we're where we're at. Yep. That's well, you guys have a good thing going. So I love that 2021 fall. It's coming up. I got to know you had, you said you had a mule deer tag and an over the counter elk tag. Uh, last year, I only know this by stalking you through social. You got a whitetail. I think you're with Jordan, but I'm not sure. Are you, I mean, I hunt whitetails pretty regularly even though I live in Washington state, like that's what I grew up. That's how, that's what I started hunting. Big game was whitetails. So I have that in my blood. Uh, are you going back for whitetails this year? Yes. Yep. I'm actually going back. So Jody's wife and I go out with Jordan bud in Nebraska every year. Well, we're going to start going every year now for a little girls hunt. And that, that is so much fun. And, and she's just a killer. She's, she is as legit as they come and, and she's a lot of fun to hunt with. That's great. I've met her once just at a show. I don't know which one, but I've definitely said what's up to her just because I know she is legit and 
it's cool that you guys are friends and that you get to go share that experience. My wife, her only bow kill to date is, well, she's killed a couple does, but like pretty good whitetail, like a 125 uh, buck that I was there with her when she shot it. And probably the most enjoyable experience I've ever had, um, more than things that I've killed and worked hard for shot opportunities was just watching her like actually get it done, which I didn't think would be possible. And then I remember she shot it with an iron will back in the day when they first came out. And I'm pretty certain as soon as she shot the buck, I was like, she looks at me and I'm just like, I couldn't even act like, Oh, it's not a big deal. I was like, yeah, you just shoulder shot him. Yeah. Like, Like, great. Now what do we do? Like, and then he just, she's like, well, He's right there and he just ran a hundred yards and then he just, I look up and then he just falls right over. So that iron wheel got through the shoulder into the heart. I mean, her arrow hardly penetrated, man. It was like halfway in, but it just wow. perfect, perfect heart shot. And I might've cried a little when yeah. she walked up on it and she, we, since then we've had kids. So like she's coming out of retirement this year. I got her a Prima from Matthews. I just don't tell her anything. I don't coach her. I don't give her any advice on that stuff. It just doesn't work out really well, but she loves that bow. She shoots it well. I hope to get her in the tree stand this year again, just because she likes whitetail hunting. She doesn't like elk hunting. Do you, and I don't know how that's possible, but she literally could care less. I've taken her elk hunting before, and to quote her, she said, get me the blank off this mountain after about eight hours of just chasing bugles. She's like, this is... I don't get it. I don't get why this is so cool for you. So that's fine. But speak to those who haven't whitetail hunted out of a tree stand as far as the the heart rate going from for your for your heart rate going probably 60 to like literally max heart rate. Oh man. It's I mean, whitetail hunting and elk hunting it's like two completely different ball games. It's it's a lot of fun to, you know, to go elk hunting here in September and just work yourself ragged. And then, you know, end of October, beginning of November, you're, you, it's nice to take a little break and it's, it's, it's a physical break. It's whitetail hunting is still very difficult, but it's almost more of a mental game, I think, because, you know, you're waking up early, you're exhausted, you're climbing into a tree stand, um, sitting all day or sitting a couple hours, figuring out where to go, uh, making sure you're in the right spot, making sure you're doing all of the right things, but it's still, it's still really nerve wracking and it can be very disappointing. If like, if you don't see anything, it's, it can kill your spirits pretty quickly, but you know, elk hunting can do the same, but it's, it's a lot. I, cause that was one of the first, um, animals I killed out here was was a whitetail and it was it's a little bit easier it's it's easier because you don't have that physical aspect as well as the mental aspect so it's easier and I'm not saying it's easy but it's it's easier to get into whitetail hunting I think versus elk hunting because elk hunting and especially the way you elk hunt is is very difficult and it, it takes a toll on your body. And if, if you're not really in it and if your heart's not really in it, it's hard to put that much effort into hiking around the mountains and chasing bugles and chasing those, those elk. Yeah. And you know, there's a barrier to entry for elk hunting. They're, they're out West primarily. Um, and the, the white tails are just about everywhere, but that's, that's what makes white tails cool is that we all can kind of share that bond of, you know, hunting this elusive animal that likes to live in river bottoms and the valleys. Although I hunt them in the mountains, which is weird, but I do. And, uh, it's just, a an animal that's kind of on crack cocaine, but not as severe as an axis deer. I'm here to tell y'all, but, uh, and, and I think they eat really well, which is most important. And, um, it can kind of bring people together. There's that camaraderie, especially if you hunt with people, but, uh, it's all in all, it's all good. Uh, well, we've talked about fitness. We've talked about backpacks. We've talked about your career and then a little bit about hunting and your love life and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what else are you looking forward to, Dana? I know you grind out the hours with Kufaru and you are, in many ways, in my opinion, the glue to Kufaru with all that you do. But what's coming up? What are you excited about? Talk me through the rest of the year and we'll call it a podcast. 
Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, there are some changes in the works, uh, nothing kind of final yet, but that'll all be, you know, coming to light within the next few months. Uh, but really I'm just, I've got quite a few more TAC events to go to. So I'll be at, you know, I think the next one is Colorado here. Um, there's one in Montana. I think you'll be at that one. So that'll be good to see you. Then there are two in Utah. So be out there. Um, hopefully get some shooting in, uh, really dialing in my bow the next few months and getting some good practice in. And then uh, come September, hopefully getting out there, killing a, I don't know, I'll probably try to get a, a pretty decent buck this year. Uh, I've, I've never been one to pass up anything, but I may try, you know, try to put those hunting skills and stocking skills to, to the test and kill my first mule deer. Cause that's, I've killed a whitetail and an axis deer, but I haven't killed a mule deer yet. So that's kind of my number one priority and then get in the woods to chase some elk. Okay. Rapid fire. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> yeah. What bow do you shoot? RX three Hoyt poundage 59 arrows. Uh, Easton Axis. Veins. Uh, hybrid, AEE hybrid. Three or four? Four Fletch. Four Fletch 90. Uh, broadhead of choice for any game out west. Iron Will. 100 or 125, vented or solid? 100, solid. Does it have bleeders? Yes. Or, yep, okay. Have you tried the single bevel? No. Okay. Best. Kafaru pack for elk hunting. Ooh, uh, like long trip. <laughs> uh, it's it's got to be able to do all the things. Uh, probably hoodlum. I just set you up to say that. <laughs> uh, for whitetail hunting, tree stand. Uh, shape charge. Shape charge. Okay. Do you know how to tune your own bow? Uh, to to a degree, yes. Okay. But I, I still need help. Would you rather bear shaft tune or broadhead tune? Broadhead tune. Oh, my God. I love her. <laughs> I love her. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's a good answer. Um, Grace or Fran? And for those listening, I don't care. You don't know what we're talking about. Grace or Fran? Grace. I did Two. it for the first time the other day. <laughs> What'd you get? 238. Oh, that's smoking. Anything sub three ladies is smoking and your lungs are going to be smoked. Yes. Um, would you rather do a 500 meter row all out or a 2K all out? 500. Okay. Some people answer 2K. <laughs> why? No. A, you know? That would be terrible. <clears throat> and I got to talk to you about favorite cheat meal. Ah. Uh... My chocolate chip cookies. They're amazing. You said you baked. And then I don't know if you drink, but if you do, what's your drink of choice? Uh, typically like whiskey and ginger beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Dana, what's your Instagram? Uh, Dana underscore Monroe. Give her a follow. She's got legit content. That's stuff that I'm into. If you got any questions, you can hit her up for on the Kafaro side of things too. Hoping to see you guys make it over to Wyoming because then I get to come visit the new shop. And I uh, appreciate you coming on. Oh, one last thing, and I don't know if this will make the podcast, but speaking of careful what you asked for, I got in trouble the other day from Kafaru. <laughs> and and don't think I wasn't going to talk about it because I, you know me, I'm a straight shooter. So I had an Atlas on, which is a pack that's just for, I don't know what it's for. And, and I pulled it out of the the garage and I was like oh shit I'm gonna wear this while I mow the lawn and I put a 45 pound pack on and my daughter actually took the picture of me mowing my lawn with it which is funny because it was a really good photo I was like Avery she's seven I was like that's legit girl that made me so proud but um and I, I made some sort of post and, and the premise was like quit making excuses like find a way just find a way to win the day and I got in trouble because you know it looked like I was promoting Atlas so I wanted to say officially i found it to be appropriate why dana's here i do not promote the atlas pack aaron and i talked right after that and he said he had some prototypes and that we could potentially work on a new training pack because here's the deal dana i don't want to put 
dumbbells inside my hoodlum. Right. It's my precious. And I mean right. that. Like, I don't mind putting bloody quarters on it, but like, I just don't want to like, you know, that's, if you ask me, like, I think the most important piece of equipment is boots and pack I over a bow. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I'm advertising so that Frank and Aaron will help me make this come to reality of like creating. And I know he, Aaron called me and said, he's got some prototypes and I, and I want to play with them. Like something to load, like basically a sandbag. Cause I think everyone should own a sandbag. Yeah. And, uh, and then you can put it on this training frame and I would spend good money on just a frame that could hold the sandbag real well, not sloppy and that yeah. I could train, but, and not care if I got it beat up, sweaty, nasty, um, because it, the hoodlum is my precious, but I thought I would call myself out in front of you and everybody. Yes. Well, well, we appreciate your support and I am ready for that training pack also, because sometimes it's just a pain to, you know, to throw dumbbells or weights in your bag and have to situate them and all of that. Cause they don't really sit well. So sometimes it can be hard. Well, I want to leverage this platform. If you guys are listening, gals too, and you feel like this is a good idea to to have this created, like you would be a consumer of it. I know I would. Send Snyder, send Frank, send Aaron, uh, send Dana a direct message. Sorry, I'm advertising this. <laughs> uh, don't send it to me because I don't have a say. I'm just elk shape. But uh, let's get that thing to market. I feel like it would be an awesome for everybody. And at the end of the day, Dana, I don't know if you agree with this, but there is no substitute for backpack training. 100%. Yeah. And I, I know you do all the functional fitness, you're a gym rat, but like this time of year, I guarantee you and Braden are doing rucks. And I, I think we'll end on that. Like, give me the prescription. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be four to six weeks till hunting season. What are some good ruck prescriptions to have some variance, but to also cover, you know, check a lot of boxes for when people get ready for season? Um, I mean, I like to go, uh, you came and you, you hiked fire road with us. So I like to do that one. I also, I like to change up the weight because I, I don't train too heavy because that's going to be so rare. And, you know, you're not, you're not trying to go fast with that amount of weight. So the most I typically train with, you know, going fast at a super fast pace is 45 or 50 pounds. And, um, you know, the guys they'll do about 65 pounds. So just varying the distance and the, uh, incline and, uh, all of that is, is the best way to do it. And then, you know, just wear a pack as much as you can, because there's nothing that's going to get your body ready for hiking in the mountains other than throwing a pack on and going and hiking up a hill or a mountain or whatever you have stadium stairs. If you don't have any of that grab a box, grab a cooler, throw your pack on with heavy weight and just step up on a box or cooler, you know, a thousand times. That's, that's the best way to get your legs ready. Yeah. I would say that thousand step ups with a pack, 45 pound pack. That's the best way to, to see, to interview anyone to possibly be a hunt candidate. Yeah. If someone's like, yo, I want to go hunt with you, Dana. Like we would make a good team. You'd be like, all right. Do this 1K step-ups, 20-inch box, 45 pounds, and text me your time. Send me your proof. That's yep. legit because that's a that's a between-the-ears workout, and that's a whole other podcast that training is all mental anyways. But uh, I like what you said there. I want to add possibly just wear a pack around the house as dorky as you will look and sound. Like when I was mowing my lawn with the 45 pounds, it was a self-propelled mower. It wasn't like I was pushing it. it I just have a giant yard. And it takes like two hours to mow. And I just wanted to have, you know, weight on my shoulders and neck and be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what it is. So, all right, D money, appreciate your time. Would you tell Braden, I say, what's up? And, um, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your off hours. If there is such thing to record with me, I do appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. All right, guys, you heard it from Dana. You got four, six weeks, mix up the variance. The loads, the intensities, the distances, and remember, separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, guys, Dana, 
Thank you so much again. Appreciate everything that you do. You're a hard, hard worker and a great archer. I'll see you at Big Sky. So discount codes for you guys just to add value. I want to run through those just so you can remember. NUMA, NUMA clothing, new stuff coming out. Elk Shape 20, be on the lookout for the Palisade Puffy, the Pursuit Pant. There's a couple other items I'm really keyed on. Wilderness Athlete, Hydrate Recover, Energy Focus Green, Formula Multivitamins, Protein Powders. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE30. It's a one-time use, so load up and get to go in Vortex Wear for your scouting, the Sun Slayer, all their stuff for basically high country scouting or hot temperatures, uh, workouts, shorts, pants. I wear their shorts nonstop. Check out Vortex Wear. Discount code ELKSHAPE gets you 20% off. Black Ovis is another place to buy a lot of your gear this time of year. Make sure you try the discount code ELKSHAPE. That'll knock 10% off whether you're getting arrows. Some exclusions apply, but not very many. Get your crispy boots there. Somebody messaged me just yesterday, which ones am I going to wear this year? Again, I have it narrowed down to the Colorados and the Brickstalls. I'm probably going to flip-flop back and forth for elk hunting. Uh, when it gets a little bit colder, I'll, I'll bust out the guides. Uh, the Thors are good uh, if I'm in real rocky technical country. Uh, and when I'm out on the uh, desert valleys chasing antelope, I'll most likely be in the Laponias or even the Ativa Mids. But Crispies, pick them up at Black Ovis. Uh, if you're studying up for elk hunting and you need a good digital elk hunting resource from multiple subject matter experts, check out theelkcollective.com. If you use the discount code ElkShapePodcast, one word, $25 off. While you're hunting in G-Bear country, make sure you're strapped. I carry uh, all my handguns on my chest. I use the Scout from Northwest Retention. If you use the discount code ElkShape, it'll take 10% off, no shipping and handling. I believe I have a discount code with Stowaway Gourmet. It's Elk10, all one word, save 10%. And also, we are brought to you by Buck Knives out of Post Falls, Idaho. Spy Point Trail Cameras, I am definitely using their cell phone ones and i am getting texts already i'm getting transmission and these are places that are eight hours away that i cannot keep driving back and forth to so i got several spy points soaking super stoked on that guys you have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts thanks for choosing us remember separation is in the preparation and we'll catch you on the next one